again. Christchurch, New Malden, 15th of March 2020, 6.30 service. Tim Davis speaking in the series, Lent 2020, Carbon Fast for Creation. Vegan, a big mistake? Uh, food. I have to say, this was not a subject I was particularly looking forward to speaking on as part of our Lent 2020 Carbon Fast for Creation. Uh, we all know we need to reduce our carbon footprint. We all know we need to use less fuel. We know we need to use less energy and recycle more and stop using produce and products with single-use plastic. It's a vital message that we hear repeatedly. And so, you know, too, that we also need to change our eating habits and our diets. It's just that food is such an emotive subject. You know, we get uncomfortable, I think, hearing sermons about money and giving. But I reckon this is not too far behind in terms of topics people don't really want to feel challenged on. Don't change the way I eat. I like my food. I want to keep it that way. Now, food is a very personal thing for us. Um, and being asked to consider changing our eating habits is a bit unnerving. People can be worried, perhaps, about the financial impact, the way it's going to affect them if they have to choose to eat more ethically and sustainably. They may have dietary requirements. You think, I can't get involved in this food thing because I'm just, I really need to watch what I eat. Um, there are people with particular taste preferences. Um, Sometimes you might call them fussy, I don't know. Um, but, you know, children are not going to necessarily going to be as accepting of a wide range of healthier option foods and things. Um, or maybe your husbands and brothers and daughters, I don't know. Um, and it just might even be that it's actually quite convenient to simply just go down to your nearest shop or supermarket, even if it's not the most with, like ethically green conscious one. And yet, despite all of that, the role of foods, and in particular its production, plays in contributing to the rise of carbon emissions and damage to our planet is one we simply can't afford to or choose to ignore. So sorry, yes, it's going to be a bit of an uncomfortable evening. Uh, and you may feel like I'm trying to ruin your enjoyment of your Sunday dinner at the Whites. Uh, but that's really not the case, I promise you. Um, hopefully we'll be feeling enthusiastic and excited about food. Um, but yeah, let's see how we get on. So let's start by looking at why I think we have this problem with food. And sorry if that's a bit small to see on the screen. But by 2050, 2050, according to some estimates... The number of mouths to feed on Earth will have reached 9.7 billion. It will have exceeded that amount. That's nearly 10 billion people to feed. And to feed all of those people, according to the World Resources in, uh, Institute, we need to produce our current rate of food production by 56%. And the problem is we have to do that whilst avoiding deforestation. Nearly a quarter of global greenhouse gases uh, gas emissions come from agriculture, forestry, and other land use. And so rather than making space and using more land to grow all this food that we'll need, we in fact need to use less land than we already do. And as people's incomes rise globally, you know, we'll see people increasingly consume more resource-intensive, animal-based foods. The climate crisis is not going to help this either. Pests will, in, uh, will multiply as temperatures rise, decimating crops. 
Floods, droughts, extreme weather will ravage them. And desertification will take large, large bites out of currently used, available, arable land. But food, glorious food, we just, we want more and more of it. It's constantly on the television in front of us. It's, it's something that you know, we can see endless hours of TV production, of cookery programs, all there to tempt and tantalize our taste buds. I think it was back in 2014, a national newspaper did an audit of the number of hours of cookery programs shown on TV across all of the satellite and cable um, stations. So that's a lot of stations, but even so, they looked at how many hours in one week and it was 430 hours. That's 18 days of television to try and watch in one week, if you're really obsessive about food. Food, yeah. We've just got to the state where we want it, whatever we want, on demand, not seasonally produced. We want to try out all the latest restaurants that are appearing. We want more and more delicious meat. I know I do a lot of the time. And we can just be completely obsessed with it. You know, if you watch MasterChef and say, what's your, what's your motivation for coming to MasterChef? I'm just obsessed by food. Um, and the problem is, we can't sustain this demand, this obsession with food, unless we are prepared to make drastic changes or prepared to suffer drastic consequences. Uh, now, the title that this talk had, um, apparently Becky came up with it. I think it sounds more like a Stephen joke. Uh, but it was vegan, a big mistake. Get it? Uh, but relax, I am not going to say that everybody has to now become vegan. Don't worry. But at the same time, I'm not going to shy away from the fact and from highlighting that just what a problem our consumption of meat is, and particularly what the problem is with our consumption of ruminant meat. That's meat from animals, such as cows and sheep and goats, that are able to acquire nutrients from their plant-based food. In fact, consumption of ruminant meat is projected to rise 88% between 2010 and 2050. Beef, the most commonly consumed ruminant meat, is resource-intensive to produce, requiring 20 times more land and emitting 20 times more greenhouse gases per gram of edible protein than common plant proteins, such as beans, peas, and lentils. So to get the same nutritional benefit, the same protein benefit, you need to have, you need to have 20% more land and be prepared to emit 20 times more greenhouse gases for your beef as opposed to your lentils. And that reading that we had from Isaiah, um, it's a pretty gloomy one, yes, but it shows the consequences of not caring for God's creation and instead becoming self-indulgent and greedy. Um, in the creation story, right at the beginning of the Bible, we see that God created man and woman and gave them gave us autonomy over the whole world. Genesis chapter 1 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, 
they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. We were given this bountiful creation to sustain all life. And yet we've ended up in this situation where land is intensively over-farmed to satisfy our need for food on demand, to satisfy taste preference rather than calorie need, and to maximise profit above all else. In the time of Isaiah, um, the land of Israel, uh, the land in Israel was seen as this gift from God given to everyone. And it was there for each family to care for and trust, to be held in trust by them. And yet the rich would try and get round this. And they'd try and dispossess people, particularly the poor, and grab the land from them. The land which had been given to them to hold for their generations to come. And we see that greed leads to the perversion of moral law. But the prophet warned that this would lead to ruin. And it's one which even, is even more pertinent today, I think, than it was thousands of years ago. The dispossession of land from indigenous people is far greater today than it was back then. And the intensive use of land is one which we know is causing problems for our world, this creation that God has given us. Our self-indulgence is something that goes against God's plan for creation. God warned through the prophet Isaiah that those who pay attention only to their own desires for wealth, pleasure, and entertainment, and have no time for the creator and his work, will be deprived of those very things as exile and death come upon them. Food is an issue that we can't ignore. That food is something that is essential to our lives. It's, it's something that is so worrying to think about not having enough of. Now, these past two weeks have been absolutely crazy in the UK. People have started stockpiling food and toiletries because they worry about having to restrict their movements for up to two weeks and worry about not having enough food in the cupboard. They worry about there being shortages. And so they panic buying stockpile now more than is necessary. And, of, of course, the irony being that, of course, that just hastens a food shortage. If, and if we're honest, if you can afford to stockpile food, you're probably somebody who, could act, who could, is not going to be at risk of going without if you need to stop going to the shops yourself for a few days. But let's try and be positive for a change. going to change tempo on this one. And think about what we can do uh, about this problem of food and its impact on the planet. Uh, and now when I was writing this talk, I thought, you know, I want to come up with some solutions, some ideas. I want to just tell people there's a problem and say, let's be realistic, give them some ideas. Uh, and I was trying to be sort of radical in my thinking, because, you know, it's often the kind of blue sky, radical thinking, uh, thinking outside the box, which leads to the best ideas, I thought. So um, the, the, these are my uh, carbon-lowering, food-enjoying, radical thinking, awesome solutions that I've come up with. Um, so, um, yeah, the first, the first solution that I thought we, uh, we could try um, was this one. You need to click it on, Steve. <laughs> the first solution I thought was, let's kill two billion people. There's a few more receptive people than there were at 9, 13, 11. That. You know, we have a food crisis mainly because we have a population crisis in the world. 
as extreme, but you know, tackling overpopulation, it might work. Um, however, I looked at what might be the possible issues with this idea, and, and I came up with this, oh yes, it's murder. Um, it's wrong, and it's not justifiable. Yes, overpopulation is an issue. And it's one which governments across the world are looking to address and taking steps to reverse. But realistically, it's not something that you or I could have much control over. So number two, I thought, well, why don't we watch the, uh, the film by Christopher Nolan, Interstellar, use that as a guidebook? Uh, now, I don't know if those of you who have not seen the film are unfamiliar with it. Uh, Interstellar is a great film. It's uh, about a bunch of people, led by Matthew McConaughey, uh, who go into the far reaches of our galaxy and beyond to try and discover planets capable of sustaining life. Uh, basically, because the Earth, in like 30, 40 years' time, has become completely unsustainable. Uh, crops don't grow anymore, and we're pretty much doomed. So I thought, excellent, we could all watch that, study it, and get an idea of how to go and live elsewhere when we run out of sustainability and food here. Uh, however, I kind of thought, okay, there may be a flip side of problem to this, and, and that was kind of that it's not real. Uh, it's science fiction. Um, and also, you know, you've got to get to grips with the fact that it assumes that nothing bad happens by taking an unknown leap into a black hole and coming out at the right end, and it's all good. Uh, so, no, it, I thought that was probably not good. So I thought, all right, let's, let's, yeah, let's be a bit more realistic. How about this one? Why don't we enforce a strict diet on every person in the world? You know, if we all eat the same food and we all have the same portion quantity, uh, we'll probably be all right, you know? You know it's just cater, mass cater for things. Um, Jamie Oliver may have a fit, but it's all good. Um, but I then thought about it a bit more and actually thought the possibility issues were, that's really rubbish and boring. Um, food is there to be enjoyed. We have so much of it, such variety. Now, we don't want to limit ourselves to a dozen different tastes and food types, do we? Plus, it will probably kill anybody with food allergies affected by my fascistic diet regime, so couldn't really do that one either. I thought, all right, let's try one more. I thought, what about, what if I, if I was to do everything in my power, take every action, no matter how small, that can change the way I approach food and reduce its impact on this world, on God's creation, not just now, but for the future. Were there any problems I found with that? No. But is it really that simple? You know, if I'm honest, we all want to make a difference. But with something so enormous as food, something that is all-consuming, all-prevalent in our lives, it seems impossible to do anything that might have any meaningful effect. And yet, actually, I don't think that's the case. And one of the first things we can do is get serious about shifting to healthier, more sustainable diets. I'm just going to watch a little video. Uh, made by some Americans, which addresses just this burn. Could you eat less meat? Now, unless you're a vegetarian or vegan, we probably all could. As that clip suggests, perhaps we just start by reducing portion size or taking a chance to give it up for a while. You know, big, big kudos to Sherbin, who's given up meat for Lent as part of his carbon challenge. Has anyone else here done something like that? Fantastic world, well Elizabeth. Uh, well on Steve. Um, it's great to be able to do things. It's the sort of little steps that you make that make it easier to eat less. 
because we need to stop seeing meat as our primary food source and become more of a secondary one. God told us to care for creation. He originally gave us every plant-based food to eat. Not the animals, just the plants. After the flood, God said to Noah and his family that they could now eat animals. But this was after the flood. There probably wasn't enough vegetation around to sustain them. So these guys were going to starve if they didn't supplement their diet with some of the animals they'd been lugging around with them in the ark. But the key word there is supplement. Some other things we can do is try and look at reducing our food waste. Approximately a quarter of food produced for human consumption goes uneaten. Loss and waste occurs at all stages of the food chain, right from the field through to the fork. We need to make best use of how we prepare and use food. It could mean serving smaller portions if you think some may go uneaten. It might mean using as much of a part of a vegetable as possible rather than just throwing some away. Some other things we can do is to make sure that we use less single-use plastic in the way we eat food and handle food. This might mean replacing your use of cling film with things like Covermate, these brilliant reusable covers for food. Or when you get a plastic cutlery from a takeaway restaurant or shop, don't throw it away after usage, but take it away with you, clean it, reuse it, carry it around with you. So the next time you buy a takeaway salad from Prep, you're not taking more disposable cutlery. A great way to still uh, enjoy food but act responsibly is to try and only go to restaurants which partner with initiatives and organisations such as the Sustainable Restaurants Association when you're eating out. These are restaurants that seek to have a restorative impact on the planet through offering dishes that have less meat or lower carbon footprint or use local and seasonal produce. If you check out the website, the sra.org, for more info, you can also find these brilliant recipes provided by restaurants which can help you eat not only healthily but responsibly and also see which restaurants in our local area provide dishes like that. Something else, and something for those of us who might work for large companies or large uh, organisations like schools and universities and colleges, let's try and change workplace practices. Sometimes it feels as if we may not be able to achieve much on our own. But when big business and big organisation gets involved, then you can really see bigger changes being affected. If you have a workplace canteen or restaurant, ask for alternatives to disposable cutlery. Ask for food to be sourced from sustainable sources and as locally as possible, and with as low a carbon footprint as possible. Ask for more meat-free dishes and raise awareness in your companies of the massive impact that food production and consumption has on our planet. Because when big organisations make a commitment to do something like this, particularly in the corporate world, they like to brag about it. They like to make big old press releases about, look how great we are. And then their competitors take note and they get inspired to do likewise. But everything we do no matter how small, does make a difference. And these are differences that will have an impact individually in our lives, locally in our lives, nationally and further. 
There's so much more I could say, so many more ideas that we could consider, and we've only looked at a very few. Organisations and initiatives such as those ones you see on the screen, the SRA, One Planet Plate, Food Save, Seweetable Life, they can provide much better information than I can. So why not take a moment when you get home or later on this week to find out more about them? Go on their websites. They give great ideas for eating healthily and campaigning. There are some great ideas in our Lent carbon fast calendars as well. Things to challenge us this week ahead over our food use. Things to inspire us over the next seven days and beyond. Because everything we do can make a difference. But above all, we need to consider how everything we do and the way we treat and use food is done to respect God's creation and to glorify our God, the creator of all.